Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. There is no greater truth that you could hold on to than the fact that God's love will never run out on you. And the reason it's important that we talk about this tonight is we're in the midst of talking about a man named Nehemiah, who I can't help but wonder if he and his family members had wondered if God's love had run out on them. Because their, their living situation was, they were in just a desperate situation. They were, they were unprotected. They, they had a city, but the city had no wall. Enemies could come in at any time and, and just steal and pillage and destroy because they were just so vulnerable. And this man, Nehemiah, was heartbroken to the point of weeping. And it says that when he heard about the situation of where his, his family members were, that he sat down and wept. And you could just imagine, like, I, when you're at a hopeless situation, you don't know what else to do. Just head in your hands. Going, God, I'm, I'm hopeless. I... It's hopeless. I, I don't know what to do. I want you to hear Nehemiah's prayer. He said this. He said, O oh Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant, which means he keeps his promises of love with those who love and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and let your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night. Your servants. The people of Israel, he's saying, man, don't forget us, hear us. I confess the sins that we, the Israelites, including myself and, and my father's house, that we've committed against you. We've acted wickedly. We have not obeyed your commands, decrees, and laws that you gave us, your servants. Remember the instructions that you gave us, that if you are faithful if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are on the farthest horizon, I will gather them from here, for, excuse me, from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. It's like he was saying, God, your love never fails. It never runs out on me. And he was Reminding God, maybe, or asking God, or maybe saying it out loud so he could hear that truth because he needed to hear it. He saw the gap, not only in his life, where his family had done wrong, he saw the gap in the lives of the people around him. He saw the desperation of the city, and you guys, he was heartbroken. He was completely heartbroken. Heartbroken to the point, as Parker said last week, to kingdom work. And through prayer, he was driven to a point, I would say, by the Spirit of God to make a bold ask of someone in his life. You see, this guy Nehemiah, this guy Nehemiah wasn't just a regular Joe. He had a seat right next to the king. Artaxerxes was his name. It's a fancy name that maybe is not that important, except that it's historically true, but he was his right-hand man. 
He was the guy that brought Artaxerxes his food and made sure that that food wasn't poisoned. He made sure that the food was good. And, and as Pastor Scott said on Sunday, that's a good gig until it's not, and then you're dead, right? But that was his job, and, and, and he was going to take a chance, you guys. He was going to approach the king with his heartbreak. And he was going to be vulnerable to him and say, there is something on my heart that I need you to know about because I think you can do something about this condition that I cannot get off of my heart. And the next time that he was in this king's presence, the king goes, hey man, I, I've never seen you be sad in my presence before. Because that's kind of a big deal. You don't bring the whole doom and gloom into the presence of the king, okay? And, and, and he walks in and Artaxerxes goes, what's going on? And you could just picture Nehemiah going, <clears throat> well, I got to talk to you about something. And he makes this bold ask. Because what Nehemiah needed, only this man had the ability to provide. Okay, now it was God providing through this man, but only this man can make it possible. He looks at this guy and he goes, here's the deal. You know this city that was conquered generations ago? My, my family's city. It's still in, in ruins. And it breaks my heart to see it. And I want to do something about this. And he goes, and, and if you'd be okay with it, I was wondering if you could like pay for it. <laughs> That's like... You know that city that you came in and conquered and all the, or your country came in and conquered and now all of those people are like your slaves and stuff. We'd like, I'd kind of like you to kind of help provide for the rebuilding of this wall. Is that a bold ask? Why, I mean, think about that. It's insane. He comes in and, and the, way that, the way that Pastor Scott put this on Sunday was great. He goes, he came in, he asked for the company jet, the company credit card, and was like, cut me loose, and I need six months vacation to get it done, you know? That is a bold ask. But when you're heartbroken to the right level about the right things, you'll be willing to make a bold ask. Like if, if I look at the destruction in a per person's life that I love, I'm willing to put that relationship at risk for the sake of asking them to do something. How many of you guys, as you sit in this room, uh, at one point were asked by a friend to come to Element on a Wednesday night? How many of you? Hold your hand up. No, nah, don't be embarrassed. Come on. This can be a bunch of you guys, right? I would look out here, I would say that at least at least half the room, if not more than half of the room. At some point, someone looked at you and said, hey, why don't you come to church with me tonight? And they put a relationship at risk, right? I want you to think about this for a minute. The thing that you put at risk is, okay, I'm going to ask them to see if they're going to come to church with me tonight, but, man, are they going to think that I'm like, that I'm a weirdo? Are they going to think that I'm going to preach at them nonstop? What are they going to think when they play the stupid rock, paper, scissors game? Uh, what are they going to think of me when they do that? Hey, by the way, if you're in Chris Johan's small group, where are you at? 
Chris Johan's small group, where are you at? Where are you boys at? You middle school boys. You're in here somewhere. Chris, where are they? They're not acknowledging the fact that you won the rock, paper, scissors contest. They're like, I'm not, I'm not going to say a word about this. Are you kidding me? So anyway, <laughs> these, these girls are like, I would so be raising my hand if my adult leader won that. So some of you sixth grade girls, small group leaders are doing it right because they'd want to represent. But anyways, you put something at risk. Nehemiah was putting his life at risk. Artaxerxes could be like, you know what? You're going to bring that doom and gloom in here and you're going to ask me for all this money and all. No, you're, you're done. He would have every right to have him put to death. But students, when you are heartbroken for the right things, when you see the gaps in your life or the life of the people next to you, it demands movement. It demands kingdom work. And guess what I am going to do tonight? You're never going to guess. I'm going to make a bold ask. I'm going to ask you to do one of two things. Because I will tell you that the burden that God placed on my heart, I remember very specifically. It was the summer of 1998 and I woke up in the house of, of three, three young boys that had recently uh, their parents had recently got divorced and they were heartbroken over life. And, and I felt very clearly the call to ministry that God wanted me to spend the rest of my living life doing was bringing the truth and hope of the gospel to the next generation. I remember that so specifically. And my heart broke over it. These three boys... Brock, Brandon, and we called the little one Chunks because he pooped his pants one time. <laughs> but his name was Brett. I remember these boys. And I remember it clearly. And I remember my heart breaking. And because my heart broke, I moved. I moved and I made a decision that would impact the rest of my life and potentially at some level, maybe the rest of your life as well. So I'm going to make a bold ask tonight. I'm going to make two of them. Because you're sitting in one seat or another. Some of you are sitting in this room wondering what the ask is to follow Jesus. Who is this Christ that we talk about? Why is it that I should follow him? What is it about his life that, that, that makes him so important that, that I should unite my life with his? I'll tell you this. This is who that Christ is. God in heaven was so moved because he was heartbroken over the sin of his people. And that would be me and that would be you. And Parker explained this so clearly last week. That God moved. And his movement was becoming flesh, was becoming Jesus Christ, God in flesh. And he walked this planet. And, and not only that, he walked this planet perfectly as a human, never sinned, never made a mistake, never told a lie, never stole a gumball, never filled his drink at the gas station, took a drink and then filled it again. Never did any of that. Of course, they didn't have gas stations. But I don't think he would have done it anyways. 
God moved and sent his son to take a punishment that you and I deserve because, listen, students, all those things that you do in secret, God sees them. And he knows that they're wrong and you know that they're wrong. And that stuff is called sin. Every time that you lie, every time that you deceive, every time that you cheat, steal, go there with your, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, every time that happens, you guys, that is sin and God cannot exist in the presence of sin. And it breaks his heart that that is your condition and that's my condition. And it broke his heart so much that he sent his son. He moved. Because as Parker said last, last week, healthy heartbreak demands kingdom work. And his kingdom work was sending his son to die on a cross for you and I. And here's the deal. The, the moment that Jesus was at the point where that crucifixion, that death on the cross that was required. Because punishment for this, for this sin is required, you guys. The moment that he was at that point, he even made a bold ask of God. I said, hey, is there any other way? Talk about a bold ask. Is there any other way we can handle this? Because I know what's coming. And God said, no. And Jesus said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Basically saying, if it's got to go down like this, I'm willing to let it go down. Jesus made a bold ask. But he wanted more than just what he wanted. He wanted what God wanted. And he walked to the cross and he took that punishment and he defeated sin. And he didn't stay dead, you guys. He was, he was raised from the dead to defeat sin and to offer us the hope of eternity with God. My bold ask. Some of you, as you sit here tonight, you need to unite your life and cling to that hope that is the cross. Now some of the rest of you, it's time for you to move. If you have already united your life with Christ and you've made the assumption that all you need to do is go through life and show up at church and sing a song and raise your hands and pray and smile and be in the right places in the right moments. It is time for you to wake up. Because there's another bold ask that happens in the New Testament. Jesus' followers are out in a boat and it's stormy. And Jesus had been preaching and, and, and pr excuse me, praying uh, on the shore. And he came to them very late at night out in the boat. They thought it was a ghost and they were terrified. One of them said, hey, I think it's Jesus. And it's like, no, 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 no. They go, Jesus, is that you? And he goes, yeah, it's me. Still a little doubting, Peter goes, hey, if, that, if that's you, tell me to come out and walk on the water. Is that a bold ask? Here's the even more bold ask. Jesus says, come on. Peter steps out of that boat. The rest of that story, Peter ends up struggling. 
He falls away and he starts to sink in the water. Jesus has to come to the rescue. And people might go, oh, man, Peter, what's wrong with you? Why couldn't you do it? (laughs) If I was Peter, I'd look back and go, fool, I stepped out of the boat. Students, this gap that we're talking about, you've got gaps in your schools. There are gaps in the lives of the people that you are sitting next to tonight. It's time for you to make a bold ask and to look your friend in the eye and go, hey, what are you going to do about that sin? It's time for you to make a bold ask with the person that you've been sitting next to in Spanish, in English, in science, and go, hey, I know we've been talking all semester. I don't know what you're doing Wednesday night, but I would love it if you would come hang out with me and, and I'll, buy you a, I'll buy you a Subway sandwich just to bribe you to get there. Because look, that bold ask, students, it isn't going to cost you your life. But listen, if we're going to live in response to Nehemiah's story, there are about a million gaps that exist in our city. And you students that call yourselves followers of Jesus, will you stand in the gap? Will you boldly stand in the gap and live in a way that's, that's contradictory to the rest of, of, of your students, of your society that you live in within your little microculture? Will you stand for truth? Will you stand for something? Because Jesus is asking you the same thing. Whether or not you've aligned your life with Christ yet or not, Jesus is looking you in the eye and going, come on. Take a step out. Or if you have united your life with Christ and you call yourself a follower, Jesus is saying, come on. Come on to something more, a little scary. Why don't you live a little? I want to pray. I hope that has given you something to chew on. God, you call us to so much more, Lord. Father, there is so much to this life of following you than simply warming a chair, buying a soda, and answering a few questions in a small group discussion. Father, you call us to stand in the gaps that we see in this world around us because we are heartbroken over what we see. Father, right now, as we sing this next song, I pray for that healthy heartbreak. Jesus, I pray that you speak directly to the hearts of these students that need to hear this. The ones that need to be called out of that boat into that relationship with you or out of that boat to stand in the gap. ask that in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.